I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and more things. Like your anniversary. Seven years today. Is it? I thought it was tomorrow. Oh, today, tomorrow. Is today tomorrow? Probably. That's something our kids say. Yeah, well, everybody might be saying it right now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, our boy once woke up and you you were waking him up for school and opens his eyes and the first things out of his mouth are, is today tomorrow? Yeah. By which I'm sure he meant like something had been promised to him, quote unquote, tomorrow. Right. And he was like, is this the tomorrow? Right. But it's it's now a thing, sort of like talk about what I'm saying. Yes. It is a thing. So seven years ago today, I got the script for my testosterone. I didn't get the testosterone until tomorrow. And so I mentioned that to my work wife today, who calls me during the day on the work phones. Yes. Because then it can be work time. Yes. <laughs> Just like it would be at work if we were standing there in the office. Right. Yakking about who knows what. I always feel bad interrupting you when you have your work phone on your ear. And I never know if it's actual work or if it's work chat that would happen at work, but isn't like urgent. Right. Like today I was out in the yard on a video call with people that was work and not my work wife. Right. So I said to to my work wife, today is seven years. She said, wow, seven years. It's surprising to her to notice how many people at work don't know me any different. And a lot of them also don't remember me any different, even though they remember me from before transition. Like a lot of people have known you all this time and watched you transition, but this is just you. And so this is the perception they have of you, regardless of the time frame in which they are considering you. Yes. And in thinking about a time period at the beginning, she felt very privileged to be a part of what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I told her right away because I had to sit like five feet away from her and... You guys were sharing a workspace at the time, yeah? Yeah, make a lot of phone calls and, you know, that was going to be obvious. I couldn't wait till everybody in that area was gone. I had kind of forgotten about that setting that we were in at that particular time because we've moved around the office quite a few times. Yes. Um, You've been moved around the office. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple of times we did it ourselves. Right. We switched sides of the office. Yes. And, you know, just did that ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was, at that time, I was going to spend the rest of April, May, June, and July trying to figure out when I was going to need to explain myself to the entire building of people. Yes. Yeah. Because you had been working there at that office for, what, how many years at that point? 10 or 12? Yeah. So... It was like a lot of people had known you for a really long time. And for you to be creating this big change in the way you presented yourself was going to take some finagling. Well, and there wasn't really a predecessor. There was no previous path known. There was no precedent for me helping them deal with change. Right. In my transition. But I I didn't really care. I just wanted to get it done. Right. I, I just felt like... That part's not my problem. Um, <laughs> That's good. I am happy that I don't have to deal with the things that were wrong. And you are good at your job, and you had enough 
uh, demonstrated experience at that job that you knew your position was in no jeopardy, even if people were weird, that the combination of being employed by the government and having a demonstrated track record of being damn good at what you do meant that your job was in no way under threat if you let those things not be your problem. Yeah, I think at that point in in my transition, I, I started the path of I don't care, and I've continued on it. You, you have. Yes. <laughs> my, my work wife pointed that out today also. She said, um, you used to be more anxious, and well, that, has, that has stopped. If you're stuck in the wrong body and the wrong presentation and the wrong way of being perceived in the world all day, I can see how that would create some anxiety that sort of sits on top of everything else you have to accomplish. Right. And she said also that my depression was different. Like when I was grappling with depression, it was different. Mm-hmm. And that was probably re- related the anxiety and depression, but... But it's, it was noticeably different to her. Mm-hmm. For example, now when something crazy making is going on yes. at our job, I'm, I'm, I don't care. And my work wife appreciates that because she can look at me and say, oh, she can just calm down now because mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. <laughs> look at George. George doesn't care. She shouldn't care either. If something isn't affecting your ability to actually do your job, or even if it is, but you're still able to meet the expectations that are changing around you, then it doesn't need to be a thing. Right. And it's easier for you to parse now, I think, what needs to be a thing and what doesn't need to be a thing. Although I'd say it's easier for you to kick things into the doesn't need to be a thing bucket. Yes, I was just going to say that when you were done with that sentence and say, actually, first I considered them not to be a thing, and then I, I might redecide that they could be a thing. Your I don't care is dialed up to 11. Yeah. And that is part in part my transition for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of it is how long I've been at my job and how many years I've left, which, you know, the balance is more in my my favor uh, in adapting to I don't care. Yes, you definitely as a guy. Just a few years from retirement, you don't have to care. It's okay if I don't care culturally. It's okay if a guy looks like he doesn't care. Yes, that's a thing. Yeah. And I've noticed that is a thing because a lot of the time I look like I don't care because autistic affect is just sideways. And whether I care or not, the fact that I look like I don't care about things that I as a female presenting person should be perceived to be caring about. Or your tone of voice may sound like you don't care. That's another thing that happens. Yes, my tone of voice and my facial and body language and my actual experienced emotions rarely all three line up at once. Well, and for me, that was one of the things that was wrong because I had not had transition. And for you, it's wrong because it's just wrong for everybody. (laughs) So. Yeah. Um. But I, I can feel comfortable there. I spent a lot of time in overdrive, and now I can just kind of relax. You used to, when your system was dominated by estrogen, you had a harder time turning off the caring. It wasn't a matter of, you know, choosing to care or choosing not to care. It was that your emotions would run so high, especially in stressful situations, that you weren't given the choice not to care. Yes, estrogen is unfair that way. You're preaching to the choir, babe. I know, right? <laughs> well, and and the funny thing about that is, as I adapted to I don't care and was realizing I was, it was one of my preferred languages, preferred ways of being, mm-hmm. and I was quite comfortable in it, 
I would do things that were ridiculous and not notice it because I didn't care. <laughs> and then my work wife would say, do you know we were in the middle of that meeting and you just got up and walked away while our boss was still talking? And I said, I did. <laughs> And she's like, yeah. And our boss didn't even care. I said, neither did I, apparently. But, you know. <laughs> you know. That is wild. Yeah. So stuff like that. Like, I'd be like, okay, got to go now. Just get up and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things, those are some of the funny things for us. Um, and before, I'd be kind of stuck there caring and not wanting to and, and being really run over by it. For me, and I know this happens for a lot of guys, the estrogen was running me over all the time. That is so not fair. Yeah. I remember you, the first time that really became apparent to you, that that difference in the way that the hormones were affecting your brain, you talked about driving across this valley near us. And the wind was pushing on your fairly high-profile vehicle. I mentioned this to my work wife today Uh as my example. That, you know, the winds pick up in the mountains here. Yes. And it would... They come through the valleys. They come through the valleys, and it's not uncommon to see through a valley two or three semis tipped over on their side. Right. And so... So in a high-profile vehicle, in a tall vehicle, it pushes you around the wind. Mm-hmm. And there's gusts of wind, and it might shove you. While you're trying to drive forward, you're going to move sideways a little. And that used to make me very anxious. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that I was driving and just thinking, well, the wind is pushing, but all those other cars are upright. So it's obviously not a problem. And I didn't feel overwhelmed by it. Like, I didn't have to spend the whole drive talking myself into, talking sense into myself, Mm -hmm. or talking sense into the estrogen that was bothering me. Right. Yeah. And I remember when you and I were first together, you used to be absolutely amazed that I could do that, that, you know, at the time you would call it putting on my pointy ears because I would logic myself out of emotional overwhelm. Yes. And then when you were able to do it, I was like, oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things that was majorly wrong for me. And I didn't even realize that was one of the things that transition could cure for me. Right. Was that terrible feeling, that pesky feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a thing I hear from a handful of other folks. Like you knew from a young age that you were supposed to be a male. Yes. But a lot of people didn't. And it's interesting to see, you know, late people who came into that understanding later and the things they didn't realize were symptoms. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I see what you're talking about. I have heard some other folks like that. And for me, a lot of it was watching you transition and being like, oh, that's what's wrong with me. That's yeah. gender shit. That's not That's not autistic shit. That's not queer shit. That's not growing up in poverty, but then being stuck with a bunch of rich kids shit. That's just gender shit. <laughs> well, some of it mixes together. It does. It does. But yeah, it helped you notice the difference. It did. It which, helped me Which parse thing out. was which? Yes. Yeah, parse it out. Yeah. And I've seen that happen with a number of partners of trans people who hadn't considered it until their partner transitions. And then they're like, oh, wait, well. What? Yeah. Me, wait, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, I think this is why the conservatives are always scared that we're contagious. Because we're not contagious. But when people see others like themselves, it helps them understand themselves better. Mm-hmm. And if they start to understand things better, they might turn queer. <gasps> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah, so that was one of the many things that, that I got relief from that was very wrong. Yeah. 
There were a lot of things that were wrong. There were. I didn't realize that my clothes could fit better. Like the preferred clothes I had were always male type clothes. Mm -hmm. And then like you have to adapt for work, I would have to adapt some of those things Mm -hmm. to deal with going to an office. Yes. Not very much, but some. Yeah. Comparatively, compared to now. Mm -hmm. And when I first realized, I think when I saw some, some guys on their YouTube talking about their clothes fitting better, I got very excited. That's great. Yeah. And I realized as as time went on that that did happen for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to do all that deciding either of, okay, I like this and it's not going to fit right. That's one of the problems. And then can I wear it to work or not? Because it's not going to fit right. Mm-hmm. And is this too much? Is this going to be too much for people? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. So the freedom to never deal with the women's section of the clothing in the store ever again, it couldn't come soon enough if I had known. Right. If I had any idea. Some of these things would probably have encouraged me to transition sooner. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. There there were other obstacles. So There were. Um, so with the clothing, just my body. My body, obviously, this is a thing when you're trans and your body is wrong. Yeah. And my body now, it's not exactly how it would be Mm -hmm. because I had to adapt. Mm -hmm. But it's still the presentation of it when I see myself, like like we've talked about lately, Mm -hmm. I see the little old man and I say, oh, that's me. (laughs) When I look in the mirror, it looks right. Yeah. The facial hair. Mm-hmm. I wanted that since I was a teenager. I had a pretty flat chest until about the maybe seven years before my transition. Okay. And my work wife po- pointed out today, my body weight doesn't fluctuate as much. Like it did since I had that illness and lost a bunch of weight and then mm-hmm. gained, eventually gained some of it back. But it doesn't go up and down like you have in your closet. Oh, yes. In my closet, Five I different have, sizes. Yes. From size 12 to size 24. Because my chest goes up and down by one band and two cup sizes over the course of any given month. And my waist may or may not track along, depending. Right. And I I just, I do have some clothes that were from before I got sick that are too baggy. The minute you throw them away, you'll end up gaining weight again. So it's good that you still have them. (laughs) Well, I did gain a lot of the weight back and I weigh almost the same as before I got sick, but I'm not the same. You're not the same shape. No. You gained it back in a more masculine pattern. I did, and the pants are too baggy. You don't have the ass you used to have. Well, I have some of it, but I don't have like any of the lower bulk I had. Right. And um, it doesn't track down into your thighs like it used to. Right. And I'm grateful that I don't have that fluctuation because it's crazy making. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, Uh maybe some women adjust to that and they're just like, oh, well. Well, and it's my understanding that not all women have that. A lot of women, in fact, don't because, you know, like I know people who have all one to three sizes in their closet. And the only difference in those sizes is the manufacturer's sizing scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people who don't gain and lose weight with their hormonal cycles or with annual cycles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But we were not those people. No. I'm still not. No. I'm mildly jealous. Right. My shoes fit better too. They do. Mm-hmm. Yep. You always had long feet though. Yes, I have long feet. Because of other people's perceptions of the person they were looking at, looking like a female to them, their perceptions of me were wrong. The way people interacted with you, because gender is 
fucking weird. Yeah, people can act pretty strange about it, mm-hmm. uh, needless to say. So that has improved. Good. And it's another comfortable factor for me. We've talked about the way that people treat you differently a lot. Yes. And a lot of it boils down to privilege. Yes. But is there anything else like that's not a clear example of privilege that's just like a difference in the way that people interact? Or is it just, well, it feels right to have privilege now. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not that. It's that guys can talk to me and not be weird. And not only that, but they assume I understand their life. They assume I'm part of their tribe. And the interactions with them are easy. Yes. The interactions with some women are not, which we've also talked about. But, you know, that's just how uh, a lot of cultures are. Mm -hmm. You know, women are cautious of men because men are problematic in a lot of senses. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my experience from being subjected to the female side of culture had me very cut off from a lot of details and presence of men around me because I had at some point, you know, just tuned them out. And because I was around women, it's it's a, seg- a segregation. I mean, in our culture, it's, it's fairly segregated. Right. And in many cultures it is. But because of all the problems that men can cause to women, from privilege to, you know, violence to just being a pain in the ass. Um, that I was part. I was so aware of that that I just found them very annoying and further found it annoying that, you know, I didn't I didn't have an option to to be myself, so I just tuned them out. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's disappointing and frustrating, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I've talked about over the seven years we've been talking to these microphones. Yes. I've talked about... Holy shit, we've been going for seven years. I don't understand that, but... Um, I talked about how I started to notice mm-hmm. other men around me. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, like, it was also okay for me to notice them because they weren't going to notice me noticing them as another yeah. guy. They didn't care. But I would be, like, in an elevator and think, that guy's the same height I am. Yep. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, And I had really tuned that kind of stuff out. Mm-hmm. Like, why should I care? Right. And I don't want to pay attention because they'll get the wrong idea. Right. Yeah. Although sometimes they do still get the wrong idea. Like when we were at Pride and that bear thought you were hitting on him because you were just being friendly and then he started hitting on you and, you know, does does your kid have another dad and... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that was just me being unfamiliar with my new side of culture. There you go. Yeah. What else is different? Parenting is different. Parenting is hella different, but genderly, how is it different? (laughs) Well, gender-wise, the boy deals with me differently, and my voice carries some weight with other male children who are supposed to be listening. Yes. And it's funny to me that when his friends come over, I mean, they don't know me. I'm just his dad. Right. But they always look at you. And I see the way they're looking at you like boys that age have to do of sizing somebody up. What am I dealing with with this guy? It's funny that you say that because I remember when you first went to a few meetings at work presenting as male, there were other guys in the room who were like sizing you up and then like posturing with each other and against you to like, I'm the man. No, I'm the man. No, I'm I'm the man. It was pretty funny to me. It seemed rather subconscious. And now to see them doing it even as like pre-adolescence as like tween boys. like Well, they're kind of looking at me like... Eight to ten year olds looking at you like, 
Are you the man? They're looking at me like, okay, there's the dad guy. What kind of dad guy am I dealing with? Let me check this out, you know? Like, because they know they have to deal with me. Right. But they don't look at you like that if you're a mom person. It's a different, it's a different look they're giving you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been on the receiving end of more than one type of look, so I wouldn't know. Right. But I, I, uh, I know that they're sizing me up when they come over. But I also know that I have, you know, that no fucks given aura about me that makes a lot of people think I don't care. <laughs> you probably sound like a teacher. Probably. You know, and so teachers command attention and then they pay attention mm-hmm. to what you are telling them they will or will not do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am in charge here. I love you enough to make sure that you will do exactly what you are supposed to, nothing more and nothing less. Mm-hmm. Maybe more if you really earn it. Mm-hmm. So that is a difference. But it's not just the kids who look at you and treat you different. It's the other parents and the people who are also in charge of our children. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's hard for me to describe what's different about it. It seems like a more intent observation of me. Mm-hmm. Focused. And some of that may be because statistically you are more likely to be the dangerous parent. Right. And some of that may be just because you're expected to be in charge and so you're the one who everyone needs to pay attention to. Yeah, I can see that too. But at the same time, other moms and other child minders, child rearers, child teachers and carers will take the responsibility away from you as soon as they are able. People who are typically female. Yes. Yes, they will. And we've talked about this when I was seeking medical attention uh-huh. or when I bring kids to school. Uh-huh. And I always did find it annoying before, like I'd bring the kid to school after a doctor's appointment and then they want me to bring him somewhere. Oh, yes. And take like, him to his classroom. Can't now. he just go there? I mean, he well, knows the way. I don't. Y- I know my... I- I know my kid's going to do something else, but... Yeah, the kid need that kid in particular needs to be chaperoned. But previously, they would have expected you to be the chaperone. Yeah, and as a dad, they're just like, okay, bye. Because I get the impression that they figure, I'm just going to do it wrong, so I should leave now. Which is the impression you get in a lot of situations. That people assume that you're going to think you know what you're doing, but you really don't, so they'll just do it. Yeah. Which... They've dealt with a lot of that, so I really don't blame them. I know why they're thinking that. I've seen the people they've dealt with. (laughs) I appreciate that you have that perspective. Because there are a lot of men who... There's a lot of men with Dunning-Kruger out there. Well, from this perspective, I can explain to other men that I'm talking to, why their woman person in their family might feel uncomfortable about things like walking in the dark or not having the doors locked because they they don't have that in their life. And they usually assume my experiences, they're like, well, I'm home, so why is it a problem? You know? Yeah. And that's not how women experience the world. So everything is a problem for women. Yes, it is. The world makes everything a problem for people who look like me. That's our perspective anyway. Maybe women who are adapted to being women find some of it okay. (sighs) The ones with privilege, the ones with other privileges. Right. Yeah, those ones. So Well, that wasn't one of my problems before. No. (laughs) No. But seven years in... Is it all better? A hell of a lot of it is better. 
I'd say for the most part, it's better. Yes. Yeah. It didn't magically make everything better. Like, are there still things that you wish you didn't have to deal with? Are you... Well, what's still wrong is, for me, I there's not an option to really change other things about my body in a way that would be just not harder on my health. Lower surgery is not an option for your health profile. Not really. And so... You know, it's it's at least convenient for me that I can use that STP, but that can be inconvenient. Like, fortunately, when I've dropped it, it's something inconspicuous because it's a homemade thing. It's just it's, a little piece of clear plastic. Yeah, and I can just leave it and move on. And I usually have another one in the car. But I haven't ever dropped it in a situation where I couldn't just pick it up, like dropped it in a urinal and, you know, some nobody's around a lot. Mm-hmm. It's because of where we live. There's right. nobody around. So that can be inconvenient. And even with the type of surgeries that are available, that isn't always the solution some guys want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's still a, more of a solution for some of them than right. it would be without it. Mm-hmm. So I'm still short, you know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think that's wrong, but I can understand how you would dislike it. I don't dislike it that much. Good. I've gotten more used to it. Good. Yeah. Thank you for not having short guy syndrome, for not being that asshole who always needs to overcompensate and prove everything to everyone about how much you are, despite your size. I don't think my size bothered me at all before transition, and I never really noticed it. And then most guys are taller than me. Uh Uh-huh. There are plenty of guys my size. Yeah. So it it is a difference. I heard one guy say um, when he was perceived as a female, people would say, oh, you're so slim, you look so good. And as a male, they say, you're too skinny, you should beef up more. You know, people have opinions. They do. Yeah, they'll tell you whether you want to know or not. (sighs) Being that I'm older, most guys don't tell me anything. But I think as a younger guy, you would get told things more. Yeah, it's true. People feel like they could do that. So it didn't solve everything, but it solved a lot of things, enough things to make your world a whole lot better of a place. It solved enough things, yes. So seven years in. Yep. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Did I say that already? Possibly. Oh, well. I'll say it again. You probably will. I probably will. <laughs> I'll make you a anniversary cake tomorrow. <laughs> Yay, cake. Can you eat sugar yet? I think so. Okay. You also have... Um, other health issues that you've been dealing with and you didn't want to layer. Uh, I didn't want to cough on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Okay. I probably should have. Maybe they would have distanced themselves. <laughs> Just get in between them and start coughing. <laughs> yes, please. Why did I see? I think of it a week later. Oh, for goodness sake. Too late now. I love you. Now you know, folks. Someone is not social distancing. Just start coughing. Uh-huh. Yeah. That worked when I was at the gym. And uh, somebody got on the elliptical next to mine when the gyms were still open, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, had like some body spray or some cologne or something on and I (coughs) into my elbow, but very clearly off towards them leaning, you know, into my elbow past them and coughing under my elbow so they could clearly feel the air and they moved within like three minutes. Like, yes, I got rid of the stinky person. Well, sorry, squirrel. Yep. (laughs) Transition, anniversary. Bob. Where's the squirrel, Bob? Right there. Am I a squirrel? The way he likes you. Oh, for fuck's sake. He can't help it. We've noticed. Yeah, well. He can't help it. No. All right. Is that it? I think that's it. Okay. 
We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Do I need to preen and do I need to... Ten minutes! That's a boy. Ugh. What do you need? Uh, it is 8.30. Can you make it go longer? Yeah. Okay. I would have asked you to do it sooner if I knew it was going to go off at 8.30. Yeah. You're not going to stay up too much longer. Usually I put you to bed at 8.30. So do you want me to put you to bed? Okay, then be quiet and take the little bit of time I give you. Are your teeth clean? Are those pajamas? He, that's the third or fourth time today he did not close that door. You hear that? No. That was the third or fourth time today you didn't close the bathroom door. We're doing something for you. You, you need to have some manners. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was going to go on longer and then I would just go and take it away from him when we were done. Mm-hmm. So. I'm be, sorry. You will be surprised because it won't be very long. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, parenting. Parenting. My daughter, why you gotta be my ball? Poor Bob. He doesn't respond to teacher voice. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so anyway. Um, and she said, she said a couple things. I'm gonna try to remember them now. <laughs> I bet you are. Yep.